So our vice president, Kamala Harris, um, traveled to Guatemala this past week to meet with the president. And she's also traveling to other Latin American countries. And she gave a speech where everyone was expecting her to take the liberal or at least slightly left leaning approach uh, to immigration. And it turns out she she just sounds like Trump. So much. Yeah. Who could have predicted this? (laughs) The United States has no right, no desire and no intention to impose our form of government on anyone else. No democracy can survive when its public life, its public goods are so privatized and militarized and individualized. So you won't take down lies or you will take down lies? I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no. So we tell a handful of billionaires who become phenomenally richer, yeah, you're going to have to pay more in taxes. So she, she goes to Guatemala, she gives this speech, and essentially, you know, she says... We want to help Guatemalans find hope at home. And this is a direct quote. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. She added, the United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. And, you know, I think that to, I think to like those of us on the left who are like, listening to this we're like well yeah that's i mean don't get me wrong like that's pretty surprising uh coming from her that she would be so blatant in her support of border patrol as opposed to like you know saying like again like like you were saying at the beginning of the show like a more liberal approach of like you know we we want things to be good here in guatemala and we're gonna offer you our support but to again blatantly say like do not come which is those are her exact words um to me is really alarming and i i wonder how like the liberal like democrat base is trying to like you know brush us aside or like make it better yeah it's just oh it's i mean it's not even it's not even that like i'm disappointed in her for not taking a more left-leaning approach i am but it also disregards international law, which, I mean, she's talking to everyone, you know, um, talking about people who are thinking about making that dangerous trip. And I mean, according to our asylum laws, like like you are allowed to seek asylum in, in, in the United States for, right. for the reasons that those that those people are and, and for some of the reasons that she identifies in, in that speech just in terms of what's happening in that country and um, El Salvador and Honduras as well. But this is from uh, Amnesty International talking about the rights of migrants. Uh, The rights of migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers are protected by international law, regardless of how and why they arrive in, in a country. They have the same rights as everyone else, plus special or specific protections, including the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 14, which states that everyone has a right to seek and enjoy asylum uh, from persecution in other countries. Uh, the 1951 UN Refugee Convention and its 1967 Protocol, which protects refugees from being returned to countries where they risk being persecuted, 
1990 Migrant Worker Convention, which protects migrants and their families uh, and regional refugee law instruments, including the 1969 OAU Convention, the Common European Asylum System, and um, Dublin Regulation. So it's not just that she's taking a more right-wing approach and really not appealing to anyone except a, you know, shrinking Republican base in the United States. Um, But, you know, this is like her comments aren't even consistent with international law. Like, and, and this really speaks to a problem that the Democrats have, which is whenever they're like pinned against a wall, you know, or they're in some kind of a kind of a bind and they have to come up with a, a rationale or an excuse. They, they always try to like appeal to the right, you know, or you think that's what she was doing is that she was trying to play centrist. Um, yes. I think she was trying to pivot to the right. She was, she was doing the political calculation of like, well, you know, there's a lot of conservatives. There's a lot of Republicans who are criticizing the administration over what's happening at the border and over the immigration issue. So I'm going to try to like say, oh, you know, I like, I'm going to try to say what they might want to hear, which is, and, and I don't think she's trying to appeal to them, but she's like, she's trying to save herself from the criticism. That's a better mm. way of putting it. Okay. Like she's preemptively. Saying, she's saying, yeah. Where she's saying like, do not come, you know, don't come. So she's like saving face basically saying, well, 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 I didn't, I didn't yeah. tell them to come, but, but here's the thing that's, not like that's not going to convince any Republicans in the United States to like come out and support Kamala Harris. Like that no. video is going to have just as many down votes as every other video that the Biden administration puts out. So yeah, this is just, I'm, I mean, it doesn't make sense politically and, and it doesn't make sense um, just from a legal standpoint. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I hadn't thought about it, you know, and now that you're saying it, it makes a lot of sense that she is, you know, trying to play this like middle middle of the road democrat which is how you know the biden campaign biden and kamala like tried to present themselves like from the beginning as these like you know we're not radical we're not progressive we're we're rational we're common sense and so within that line of reasoning it would make sense that she would try and keep it from being well, we're going to have open borders. We're going to slow down on like the amount of detainees that we're bringing into these uh, camps or they don't call them that. What do they call them? Detention centers. Uh, (laughs) Don't um, you dare call that a camp. Right. But you know, you and I both know, and I think depending on where our listeners stand, I think our listeners know that we're, we're talking about uh, camps and they are not, um, fit for human condition especially as you know the weather starts to heat up nick and i were just talking about how hot it's getting here in uh, michigan where we're recording from but you know down at the southern border we can't pretend i mean there was a story that came out like a couple months ago where these kids didn't have access to toothbrushes so you know we can't like let's not sit here and pretend that by controlling the border protecting the border whatever you want to call it we are simultaneously upholding human rights uh because that's not what's going on and it was the same thing under president trump and i i think it's interesting because we're not going to see you know a bunch of sit downs sit-ins i don't even want to call them sit-ins because that feels like a mischaracterization but i'm referring to when 
uh, Trump issued the Muslim ban and everyone at the airport like sat down. Like we're not going to see that under a Biden administration because people are people feel complacent under a liberal president and they feel as though like, you know, we we don't have to speak up against this type of thing. And it is really disturbing. And what I really wanted to get at was the fact that, like you're saying, this does seem to be an appeal to the right. But again, is it effective? And I think you and I yeah. both know the answer to that is absolutely not. You know, you're not going to have some Republicans sitting there saying, oh, well, you know, Kamala Harris told those Guatemalans not to come. So I think I'll vote Democrat next time around because these party affiliations, part of that is that these party affiliations are so, um, you know, you and I both know they are the strongest predictor of how someone is going to vote. And something like this little soundbite is not going to be enough to propel Republicans or to propel right thinkers to the other side. It's just not. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, that's the thing. Like you're not seeing any outrage from the people who are outraged about the kids in cages. No. You know, even from the media, I mean, the media was very hard on Trump for, you know, like his zero tolerance policy, for example, Mm -hmm. separating the families. And now it's like they're running defense for the Biden administration when you're seeing a lot of a lot of those same policies in place. And I think one of the reasons why her sort of attempt to appeal to the right, whether it's to appeal to them or just try to save face from public scrutiny, I think one of the reasons it doesn't work is because uh, the polling on on this issue, like like this is from uh, this is from Pew Research, um, in assessing the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border, the public views several goals as important, but more people give priority to addressing the backlog of asylum cases and improving conditions for asylum seekers than than making it harder or easier for asylum seekers to be granted legal status. Overall, eighty six percent say um, it is either very 52% or somewhat, wait, what? Hold on. No worries. <laughs> Overall, 86% say it is either very or somewhat important to increase the number of judges handling asylum cases. Uh, nearly as many as 82% say it's important to uh, provide safe and sanitary conditions for asylum seekers once they arrive in the United States, including uh, 52% who say it is very important. So like public polling when it comes to like issues like what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. like people being in these facilities, kids being in these facilities, um, you know, facilities that are only designed for them to be there like seven days and they're ending up staying for like 72 days. Like the public in this, you know, isn't, accounting for party affiliation, like well over a majority think that like, this is an issue that should be addressed. Right. Um, well over a majority think that, you know, we should be making it easier for people to apply and seek asylum than, than harder. So her going there, like it's, it's not only ineffective, but it's, it's not even in line with, with what people want, you yeah, know, even, absolutely. even people who identify as, as, as Republican. Um, and again, that label has a lot to do with how they view this issue. But at the end of the day, like you just ask people straight up, like, hey, what do you think of this? Um, 
like most people agree, like, like these, these issues should, should be addressed and her going down there and just saying, do not come. It doesn't address any of those issues happening right now at the border. And it doesn't address the root cause of why people are coming here in the first place. Mm-hmm. The fact that like Honduras and Guatemala have been experiencing a drought for like the past yeah. five years, which has destroyed the um, agriculture in that country. There's children who are dying of um, malnutrition. Um, the, the, the drug war, the drug cartels basically run everything down there. Yeah. And I mean, you really have to ask yourself like, okay, if you're a parent and you're living in that type of situation, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to make that trip. It's not like, like they talk about it as if like, oh, um, you know, they're, they're deciding where to take a vacation, you know, right. just, just, just don't come to the United States. It's like, no, that's not, it's, it's just, it's so detached and it doesn't even begin to fully grasp the, the seriousness and the complexity of the issue. Mm -hmm. And the word that comes to my mind is it's incredibly callous because like you're saying, I think that, you know, there needs to be, in my opinion, there needs to be like a very holistic approach to solving this issue. And I think what I mean by that is we have to consider the factors, like you're saying, that cause people to want to flee their home countries and, you know, drought, uh, poverty, Um, you know, there was a I can't remember the um, news organization that came out with this study, but there is a lot of sexual abuse that occurs um, in some of these countries, like especially as people try to get to the United States. And, you know, this is a treacherous, treacherous journey. And we can't just, you know, look at it at this very surface level can't take the surface level analysis of it where we say, oh, well, you know, the U.S. is so great and we've got the free market and that's why people want to come here <laughs> because that's right. that's just not the reality. The reality is that they, it is, you know, geographically close and they are almost guaranteed a better life where they will not be living in poverty. They will have opportunities that they do not have um, in, in their home country. And that is speaking, you know, very generally. And so again, we have to have like an approach that takes that into consideration that takes into consideration, you know, how we are treating people who are seeking asylum in this country. And to your point on, um, public opinion, I think that it's definitely worth noting that if you ask the average right-leaning or Republican person, you know, what do you think about the immigration problem? I think that, no, very few people are going to come out and tell you, I don't like brown people in my country. I think that the answer that you are more likely to get is I'm fine with immigrants coming over here as long as they do it legally. And personally, I have heard that time and time again. And, uh, you know, again, there's overwhelming research that supports the idea that people want to see immigration reform which is not a matter of telling people don't come. That is not immigration reform. That is a very um, (laughs) tactless, uh, again, I will say callous approach to a problem which simply, you know, has more nuance and requires a more thought out solution. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm sure the liberals will come for me and say, well, they have a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Because you know, we get the sound bite and we hear Kamala saying, don't come. And, yeah. you know, 
I, I, on the heels the of that, yeah, on the heels of that, we don't hear, you know, here's their plan to get kids out of cages. Here's the plan to expedite, you know, the waiting list for people to come into this country. And I can't remember the, uh, um, I believe it was Human Rights Watch. I'll link it in the description because, oh no, it was ACLU. I'm sure I can find this, so I'll link it in the description. But um, I believe it takes on average nine years for someone trying to legally immigrate to America to do so. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, this is from, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher the name. <laughs> Alamy Aluren, she, she's a public defender in New York. Um, but she, she replied to Kamala making, making these comments. And she said, um, there are legal methods by which migration can occur. So that's the quote after she said, don't come. And what she says is, list them. I'm sick of this myth that you can decide you want to live in America and fill out some paperwork and you're done. False. Exactly. It's hard to get to America legally and it's even harder to stay. So, yeah, this is from, uh, this is from a guy named um, Enrique um, Acevedo. He says, the VP went all the way to Guatemala, to Guatemala to send a message to the Republican base here in the U.S. This statement is hardly going to persuade migrants fleeing violence, bad governance, climate change, or the effects of the pandemic. Uh, this statement was not for them. So again, missing the mark in terms mm. of why people are coming here in the first place. And mm-hmm. it's just, and she sat down with um, Lester Holt, um, I think a couple days after this, or maybe a day after this. And the whole interview was just her like, like dodging softball questions, like not being able to answer things. Classic um, and, Kamala Harris. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize just how like, she seems very not charismatic about the issue. Yeah. You know? And I don't want this to come off as like, oh, Nick, you know, you're criticizing the female vice president who's not sexy enough for you. It, it's not that. <laughs> it's it's like he asked her, you know, oh, why don't you come to the border? And she's why don't you come to the border? Why don't you come to the border? Um, and again, like like buying into the right wing framing, you know, come to the border. It's like. And she could have given like an answer, like, hey, I'm traveling all over Latin America. You know, I'm I'm the vice president. I'm, I'm doing all these like you could have given like a, a good answer or you could have asked like, OK, well, what do you want me to do when I get to the border? You know, you want me to do a foot? You want me to put on tact- like tactical gear like Ted Cruz and do a photo op? Like, but she gives this like weaselly answer of like, well, we are at the border and we are doing this and that. And she does these like fake like the fake smiles and the fake laughs where it's just like it's not even a good attempt at right. like trying to pretend to be empathetic and it's just like oh tact. god i know and it's just so bad because it's like oh gosh so because I, I remember this is who the democrats are supposedly priming for 2024 right you know right the With main the guy expectation, yeah that's something's gonna the happen main guy has you know one foot in the grave and supposedly she's going to take over like oh yeah so i think ultimately like what nick and i are saying is there needs to be a more comprehensive um immigration reform plan and simply telling people not to immigrate illegally 
is not going to be a powerful or robust solution to a problem that's been going on since, I don't know, it's going, been going on for decades. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's another issue, too, that AOC touched on. She said, um, this is, she replied to this. She said, this is disappointing to see, first of all, seeking asylum in the, in, at any U.S. border is 100% legal. Um, second, the U.S. spent decades contributing to regime change and destabilization in Latin America. We can't help someone's house. We can't set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing. Yeah, so this is another component. That's a great like quote. We've, we've overthrown democratically elected governments in these Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. We've interfered in their elections. You know how much people in the U.S. love to talk about election interference. Oh, absolutely. We've interfered. We've interfered in these elections. Anytime a socialist government or a government that actually wants to use its own resources mm. comes to power, mm-hmm. um, we say no. Um, and the CIA has done multiple coups all throughout the late 1800s. And then we come in, we jack the resources. Yep. Um, we arm a lot of these drug cartels. And, and then this is the result. So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's like, like we, I mean, we are not the sole contributing factor to, to these problems, but we, we have a pretty, pretty big hand in, in creating them and we need to fix them and fix them through actual immigration reform and not just these, you know, talking points to try to appeal to people who this isn't even going to appeal to. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, you know, if we insist on being the world police at every opportunity, can we at least do it well? That would be my, my question. All right. Well, I guess there's nothing left.